and welcome to today's episode of the Narratives of Grace podcast. Uh, today, Pastor Dennis and I will be discussing the election. Yep. <laughs> that's, that's the plan. Uh, as, the, as we're recording this, the election is over. The decision isn't. <laughs> uh, so as we're, as we're recording today, it's Thursday, um, we're still waiting for some results to come in from places like Arizona, Pennsylvania, and Georgia. Um, there's some people that are still hoping for different results in Michigan and Wisconsin. Um, Alaska is um, oddly kind of slow in getting their stuff out. Um, but uh, it basically boils down to four states right now. And uh, there are a lot of very concerned people there are a lot of very angry people. There are a lot of cities that took on preventative measures because they anticipated angry people. And we've seen in the news, they've got them. Uh, so our goal with today's podcast is to look at what do we do now, right? I, I, whether your candidate is winning or losing, if you are a true follower of Jesus, then what do we need to focus on now? And that's really where we're going to go with this today. Yeah. Um, and I, I think everyone knew that it was going to kind of go this way. Maybe not. not. <laughs> Say it again? Not the pollsters. Well, yeah. that's fair. Um, <laughs> well, I even mean just in the length of time, like with some of the things that the states were doing i mean a lot of the pollsters were like nope this is in the bag like we'll know that night and you and i even talked tuesday like there's no way that we're gonna know this week who's the next president or still president uh there's just too much going on too much questions everyone's gonna sue everybody uh and that's kind of what they were planning <laughs> ain't that america um you know, yeah, it's, I think if you're not careful, the news cycle can suck you in and you can get lost in the mix of the mainstream media and the talking heads, the different pundits. And um, it's very easy for a Christian to be consumed. Well, it's really easy for anybody, but even a Christian, if you don't have a strong biblical worldview, it's very easy to hear the reports, to hear the analysis, to hear the opinions that are being put out there, um, while at the same time living in this information age where everything is at the click of a button and listening to people who aren't putting out any evidence, but they're claiming good and bad things about votes and ballots and watermarks and all kinds of interesting things and I think if we're not careful we can get wrapped up into that and then we lose sight of our mission as a church and uh and I and by church you know small c catholic the universal church we we need to remember the election that's fine that's part of being a citizen in this great country I love living in America this is not our home don't get so wrapped up in Americanism and patriotism that we forget our first duty, 
our first love. Your first love should not be America. Your first love should be Christ. It should be God. It should be uh, him. This cycle does a lot of damage to that because we get so wrapped up, you know, but, but Americans have a, uh, and I, I say this about myself because I am unashamedly American um, for now, unashamedly. Um, but we kind of have a propensity to get wrapped up in stuff. I mean, remember that, that baby giraffe, like we kept waiting for months for the giraffe to be born and people are watching these webcams and in Pennsylvania, there was a, um, there was a uh, department of natural resources webcam that was uh, panned over and happened to catch uh, a bald eagle that was being born. And like the nation was captivated by this baby bald eagle. And it's like, the most American thing ever. Like we're going to watch this baby Eagle take its first flight. And you know, it, we, we have a propensity to get caught off, not, not necessarily caught off guard, but uh, have our focus pulled away from the things that truly matter. Um, the election is absolutely important. It, um, the current leading candidate would be Biden. Um, we did a podcast prior to the election where the focus was on making sure that people understand, regardless of who you're planning to vote for, your Christian responsibility to live out the word of God is primary. There is a candidate who has come out and is unashamed in blatantly opposing many of the very things that we stand for. And at this point, there's nothing wrong with admitting that's Biden. Biden has come out and said that he will um, enact policies and legislation that Christians on any level just can't stand for. Now, you can argue party versus politician. You can argue, you know, well, I'm going to vote for this one issue as opposed to these other issues. You can make all of those arguments, but as Christians, we have to look forward to, we live in a nation where it's going to become a little bit more difficult to do what we do because some of those freedoms have already been talked about being removed. With that being said, no candidate has talked about tracking down Christians and murdering them. No candidate has considered uh, widespread persecution in the form that we see in other nations and so i think we need to keep perspective here that no matter whose candidate is leading no matter whose candidate is winning we still have it very easy here in america compared to christians brothers and sisters around the world and, and i just kind of want us to keep that perspective that yeah it's going to be rough uh, there's certain freedoms that they're talking about taking away and whether they can or they can't we can have that debate about the the Senate and the majority and all that stuff. But, uh, but the truth of the matter is none of this was guaranteed to us. And as much as we want to keep it, that whether we have it or not, doesn't change our responsibility. And I think that's kind of my, what I wanted to make my point for, for today. Yeah. Well, and the thing, the thing that we need to know is, you know, God didn't win or lose the election. He's, he's already won. Uh, it's his election in whatever form of that word you want to use. Um, but we, we panic as people 
uh, when things happen, and that's because we don't know what's happening next. Uh, you know, we think about the pandemic and we panic. And even if there was a storm to come, uh, like you said, nobody's talking about hunting down Christians yet, and that has happened uh, in more recent history than we like to admit. There are places in the world that there are active uh, martyrdoms happening. Um, and that's not on the docket at the moment, at least. Um, that's not to say that we shouldn't be weary, but it does mean we need to be aware and we need to remember that God is in control, period. That doesn't happen without his uh, will in some way. Right. Yeah. And I, I do want to be careful. I, I don't want to come off as if I think that people who, who are nervous about this are crazy because they're not. I yeah. think it, it is a valid um, there are valid reasons to be somewhat cautious of what's happening because obviously you don't just jump straight from, we have religious freedom. The, the government shall not infringe upon the free exercise of religion. That's the first freedom given to us in the bill of rights. And so you don't jump from, you have this as your first freedom as an American citizen is the freedom of, of the expression of, uh, free exercise of religion. You don't jump from that to, and now we're going to murder people. Um, but th so there is a progression. So I think there is some validity to people being somewhat nervous or somewhat cautious because it's like, yeah, maybe they're not going to hunt us down now, but this starts that ball rolling in that direction. And it seems like every election cycle, we see the religious liberty, you know, weight being shifted from one side of the scale to the other side of the scale. And it, and it constantly you know, shifts its balance to sometimes we have a little bit more religious freedom. Sometimes there's things that come in and remove our religious freedom. And right now, you know, president, current president Trump has uh, picked and gotten them confirmed uh, Supreme court justices. One third of the entire court uh, has been installed and, and, and nominated and confirmed through president Trump's presidency. There's three new justices just in this last four years that have stepped in. And, and for the most part, they come off as, as quite conservative. And so that might help when it comes to, um, when it comes to the, the court system. Uh, so I think there are a lot of different things that we have to look at, but at the same time, if we truly believe in God's sovereignty, then God is not surprised by missing watermarks on ballots. God is not surprised by, you know, Sharpies being used instead of regular pens. God is also not surprised by uh, a Democrat candidate receiving more votes than a Republican candidate. This is, we see this. Um, and this is not a surprise to God because scripture tells us that God appoints our authorities. And so, we have a responsibility to work out our own faith, to work out our own um, expression of religion. We have our own responsibility to go out and perform the duties of a citizen. Um, but ultimately in God's sovereignty and how these two things play out, I don't know how they mix. I, I can't explain how they come together, but you do have the choice to go out and make a vote but God's sovereignty is going to still win out. And so 
if America comes in, and I don't know if it's going to take a week or two weeks, I think they just announced that, um, I think it was Nevada said that they're going to keep receiving votes. Clark County, I think it was, said that they're, they're not even going to be um, close to finished counting until Saturday or Sunday, and then they have to keep receiving ballots in the mail until the 10th. So November 10th is when they're going to stop receiving ballots. So this isn't over. So this nervousness is probably going to continue, but we as pastors are having this conversation to, all right, so what can we say to our members? What can we say to, to Christians who are watching the news, who are nervous about these things? The first, the first thing I can say is God is still on his throne regardless of who comes out on top, whether Trump wins because he was able to, to sue enough to get things figured out and slow things down long enough for them to figure out which votes are legitimate and which ones aren't. I, I don't know if he's going to be able to do that or if it's even going to be effective. But if something happens and they you know, somehow find more votes and he ends up winning, you know, we would look backwards and be like, okay, well, in God's sovereignty, he worked this out. If Biden wins, former Vice President Biden, if he wins, then we have to look back and be like, if we truly believe in God's sovereignty, then God knows what he's doing. And this wouldn't be the first time in American history, but certainly not in human history, that um, the people wanted something and God went a different direction. And so we need to understand that God is on the move. We need to stay focused, not necessarily on the news cycles, not necessarily on the talking heads, but on our responsibility as Christians. Who's in the White House does not change our responsibility to go out and make disciples and to reach and teach and baptize. Uh, that does not change based on who's in the White House, based on who has the majority in the Senate or in the House. And so as believers, we have to sit back and think, there are people who are truly hurting. There are liberals who are hurting right now because they thought that this was going to be a landslide victory where the leftist agenda was going to be able to sweep across the nation and take us in a different direction. They're hurting. They're centrists who are hurting because they're looking at things and be like both sides are nuts and then you have on the right side um the there are people who are hurting because they're thinking how in the world could our country be okay with some of these policies uh so no matter where you look you know cheer up people are hurting everywhere when by that i mean you've got opportunities to share the gospel you've got opportunities to go out and share hope there should be a reason why Christians um, can continue moving forward with their life without fear. And we should be able to do that because we know my hope is not in who sits in the White House. My hope is not in who, any of the names that were on the ballot. Uh, my hope is in Christ and he is coming back. And depending on who wins, uh, I'll admit selfishly, I may look for an earlier return rather than a later return. Um, but I think that we do need to be careful in how we interact with one another. We don't need to demonize one another. Um, it, I do think, and, and maybe I was a little too careful in the last podcast about politics. Um, and maybe that's the reason I was told when I was young, stay away from politics. Um, but 
but I, I need to be careful to say what needs to be said, but at the same time, not go out and demonize and, and uh, just nail people over the head with stuff. But there are policies in play now that are directly opposed to what we believe. Mm-hmm. But the truth is, we live in a fallen society. That should not surprise us. Well, and there always will be. I mean, <clears throat> you know, we can talk about either side. And, well, I don't like what they did. Well, they used to do it. Well, they, they are the ones that started it. But back and forth, back and forth. I don't care who started it. If it's wrong, let's find a solution mm-hmm. uh, first. And, you know, second uh, uh, to that, we need to make sure that we're not just always pointing fingers, which, I mean, that's half of what politics is. I mean, it, half of it is just pointing fingers and I don't like the way you did this and I don't like the just stop as believers. Let's stop um, holding to, I, I, I understand how people feel at the parties and, and everything. And well, this party's for this and I can't be for that. And okay, that's fine. But that doesn't mean that we need to pretend that we have to do everything this side says, like right. we can disagree with points of this party. If we want to go with using one of the, you know, the green party, well, that doesn't mean you need to follow everything they say. Um, disagree with certain parts. I think that's one of the biggest problems with the the both both candidacies, both uh, parties when they're in power is the party, especially in the past. Since since I would I don't know before Clinton because I wasn't alive before Clinton really. I was, but barely. Oh, that makes me sad. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I'll say from Clinton on, like the party almost always had the back of the president, I think too much. Like they should support him, but they should always be able to call him out and be like, I don't know if that's a good thing. And maybe behind closed doors they do. But I think that's been one of the problems and one of the biggest complaints in this presidency is that no one ever disagrees. Um, and... I think as believers, we need to look and understand what we're saying we agree with and disagree outwardly with the parts we have problems with. Yeah, I think there are definitely people who have clearly had President Trump's back, even when he's made some pretty big mistakes and said some things that he really should not have said. Um, But I mean, you can also make the argument, this is one of the first times that the candidate was seemingly campaigning against not just the opposing parties, um, the independents and, and of course, uh, the, the other major party, but even seemingly campaigning against people within his own party. Uh, I was genuinely concerned that there was going to be several challengers to his reelection campaign uh, from mm-hmm. the Republican Party. I, I was kind of surprised that there wasn't as many as I thought, um, and that kind of fizzled out pretty quickly. But uh, I was concerned because he's fought against Republicans every step of the way uh, because there, no one can deny it. Donald Trump, President Trump, is he's not a politician. Um, shrewd businessman, sure. Um, crass, uh, somewhat rude, definitely. Um, you know, but at the same time, he's a brilliant guy. He uh, makes some really tough decisions that people don't like, even within his own party. But 
it's interesting. He did more in the first hundred days than any, and I, I'll just say any president in recent history, any president in, in again, recent history, uh, his first hundred days, man, he was just like marking stuff off the list of all of his campaign promises. Um, you know, as Christians, we're complaining because, well, the, the Democratic Party is pro-abortion. Well, you look at President Trump and he took executive action to limit the number of abortions and to, to work against some of these things. So, so as Christians, we, we do see that there is a clear difference between these two parties. And to say, to say that, you know, well, regardless of what happens, um, to, to make statements that start off that way, you know, regardless of what happens, blah, 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 um, that we need to be careful that it doesn't come off as if we're just, you know, flippantly tossing our hands in the air and saying, well, okay, sirrah, sirrah, you know, uh, it is what it is, whatever it will be, will be, and not as if it doesn't matter. It does matter. These things are important, and they're important to a lot of people, especially the economy stuff. Um, you know, somebody, I think I saw a report yesterday or last night that um, if the latest projections are that if, if uh, Biden wins the election and he really does two fracking what he says he will do because he has said that he will stop fracking, um, that, that I think they said 19 million jobs will be lost. Uh, that's massive. That is huge. Yeah. Uh, so it does matter. These things do matter. So I don't want us to come off as if, you know, it's like, who cares? It is what it is. No, it does matter. However, what matters more is that you stay focused on doing what God has called you to do first. And that is to make disciples of Christ, not the Republican or Democratic Party. Um, we are to go out and make disciples, baptizing them and teaching them to obey all that he has commanded part of the issues that we're seeing is this is a national discipleship issue there are a lot of christians who are okay with certain policies and saying like well okay but we live in a fallen society so what do you expect you know that uh, we need to have a stronger worldview than that um and so i i i, I do want to make sure that we say what needs to be said that this is this is a defining election and on a number of Re, or for a number of reasons. Um, however, what this election won't do is it won't change our primary responsibility as sojourners living in this world as exiles. Uh, this is not our home. Uh, we just went through First Peter. We should be very clear on these things. This is not our home. We are to submit to Emperor Supreme, whoever and whichever party that comes from. Um, but that does not change our standard for living. We mm -hmm. are to follow Christ. We are to honor Christ. Um, we are to live out the biblical worldview that Christ has given us through revealing to us himself by his word. Um, that doesn't change. So what, what, what's going to happen in the next few days or even the next couple of weeks? I don't know. Um, I would like to think that somehow President Trump is going to pull this out. I don't know how that's going to happen at this point. It seems pretty unlikely, but, uh, you know, America loves a comeback story. Um, and so you never know. But even if Trump doesn't win and the Democrats seize control, 
uh, and we see some some friction there between believers and and what we should be doing. Uh, let's let's continue to be unified in our one common goal, and that is love Christ to love others. Yeah, and and that's one of the biggest things I think. Um, I can't remember who said it, but it, it was somebody important, and it was I, I think it was one of the uh, early church, not early church fathers, early American church fathers. Let's say somebody like Edwards or something like that. That basically it was like, well, for the faith, if it ever becomes attached to one party or the other or something like that. Uh, and, and, and I think that's, we're getting to that point, but it's, it's difficult, uh, to do otherwise because of issues like abortion and, and stuff like that. Um, but the biggest thing is I think we need to do everything that we do prayerfully and we need to speak out against issues we don't like. If we don't like the way things are being, um, you know, if we don't like the way we're going about immigration, then let's talk about it. Um, let's speak not let's go and yell. Um, let's go and do something about it. Call your representative or, or whoever. And, you know, I think I have some ideas that could kind of come to a middle ground with that, but I'm just a random pastor in Hawaii and nobody likes to listen to me about things like that. Um, I did for anyone that, uh, doesn't know me or doesn't know this part. My intention was actually uh, to do military and then law school and then end up in politics. Uh, that actually was my intention and God decided otherwise. And that was probably for everybody's best interest. Um, but so it's just, I think we need to stop attaching ourselves to one party or one candidate so much. And that's why I don't like holding up any, as a pastor, holding up any one individual candidate. And most of the pastors that I hold with high regard don't necessarily hold up one candidate. They point out one issue. Uh, and regardless of who wins, I think we need to make sure that we go about this prayerfully and remember that, you know, God's in control. When COVID started, I preached on uh, well, the first week that we were closed, the first week that we did the um, virtual service, I took a break from Colossians and I preached out of Matthew and it was uh, Christ calming the storm. Uh, you know, we need to remember that it's not that he can calm the storm, which he can, because if, if you read the story after he calms it, he rebukes the disciples for waking him up and not having faith. We need to realize that even if the storm isn't calmed, he's still there and the boat is still floating. And that's the most important part of it, that we need to hold on to the church uh, and the church, meaning the body, not our individual churches, but the, the, the body at large, the faith uh, above putting our faith in politics. And, and if you watch my Milani Minute videos from this week, that's what the theme was, is take a deep breath. It's going to be okay. Um, I, I, one of the videos was uh, from Isaiah. I want to say it's Isaiah 23. And it, it, it's rebuking those that go down to Egypt uh, for help before even praying to God. Um, and while that's talking about a specific group of people, and I wouldn't say it's, um, it's not prescriptive, it's descriptive, but it, is, it does have principles for us. Um, it's, it's that we shouldn't, just rely on the government we need to rely on god first uh, and all of these things we need to just remember that as we figure out who's winning what 
Yeah, and <clears throat> like I said, this ultimately boils down to a, a discipleship or maturity issue. Um, you know, and, and I don't say this as somebody who's arrived because I'll be honest, I've been glued to my TV when I'm not in the office um, because I want to know <clears throat> who's going to win. I want to try to anticipate what kind of things are happening. Uh, what kind of things are people nervous about? What kind of things are people needing to hear about? Um, the truth is we're going to continue with our series uh, that we've been working on uh, on Sunday morning. We're going to continue talking about the coming King because I think it's pretty um, uh, important that we recognize, yeah, we, we may have a new president um, come January, um, but the king is still on his throne and he's coming back and all of this is going to go away. It doesn't mean it doesn't matter right now. It just, we just need to remember it's not the primary focus, nor should it be. Um, because while we sit and talk about politics and debate which candidate is okay for us to vote for, and we start pointing fingers at who you are allowed to vote for as a Christian and who you couldn't possibly be a Christian and, and bring yourself to vote for. While we make those kind of allegations and accusations and, and um, those kind of things, there are still people who are living, dying, and going off into a Christless eternity while we sit and squabble over politics. It's not that it doesn't matter, it's just, souls matter more and so we need to be able to get to the gospel mm -hmm. um, so if we demonize another side if we have the conversation with our neighbor who voted for biden when we voted for trump or vice versa um you know and we just point fingers and demonize and, and spread hate you're not going to get to the gospel and you're not going to be able to explain I know you're upset right now because your candidate's not winning, or I, I feel upset because my candidate didn't win. But however, there is hope for what's next. There is hope for today. There is hope in the future. And it's not in any one of these parties. Um, even within the Democrat Party, uh, the Democratic Party, it looks like they're going to retain, they're, they're certainly retaining. Uh, the balance in the House of Representatives. It looks as if they're not going to gain the balance in the Senate, but it seems like they're headed toward victory in the White House. Uh, but it also seems very likely that there is going to be a split within the Democratic Party very soon. Yeah. Um, been headed towards a Democratic civil war for a long time. There's people who are very progressive and people who are very moderate. And I think that that, that gap is widening. Um, so you might be excited that, you know, this particular party seems to be winning. It's not going to look the same for long. Um, your hope is not going to be in that party. And as a Christian, I'll just come out and say, I hope that your hope is not in the Democratic Party because that platform is anthropological just antithetical to uh, so much of what we believe. And so I'm not saying you couldn't be a Christian and do that, um, but I'm just saying there, you've got some issues there. But even with Republicans, you know, I can't condone everything that President Trump has done or said. Certainly a Certainly lot of what he said. said. Uh, I would say 
maybe even a majority of what he said. Um, but when you look at policy, it's like, yeah, he might, maybe if he would just get off Twitter, we could look at this and look at these policies, look at these executive orders, look at these someone, people that rescued. Someone I, I, I am friends with said that they wanted to give Trump a fake phone and everything else works normally and is secured, but Twitter is a fake Twitter. And it'll go to like one of his assistants. It'll like to his assistant. And then his assistant can decide if, no, this is good. We'll send this one out. Or like, we can just let this one die. Set him up with a Twitter account like Creed had his blog. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, and it's like, uh, the and I heard somebody say something to this effect. I'm going to say it differently than how I heard it. But, you know, President Trump, the policy maker, absolutely no issues voting for. President Trump, the Twitter presence, I don't know that I want to vote for that guy. Um, but he he has some really, really good things, but he also has some really negative things. And so you have to look at that as a Christian and be careful to not demonize people who disagree. Uh, as Christians, we have to be able, and again, I'm going to say it, we have to be able to get to the gospel. That doesn't mean we don't deal with these issues, but some of these issues will be cleared up if we just get the gospel right. If we get to the focus of what the gospel teaches, many of these policies that we're opposed to, they wouldn't be policies if they were changed hearts behind the people making these policies. If we could get to the gospel, ad adequately disciple and train and mature believers within our churches to go out and be the example, to be the light, we probably wouldn't be in this situation. Um, but at the same time, God is sovereign, and we are right where we are because this is where he wants us for such a time as this. So what do we do? We encourage one another, bless one another, follow Jesus. And, um, and that's my encouragement for uh, election week when uh, normally <laughs> we'd be talking about who our new president is. But just like 2020, it's not what we expected. Uh, and uh, so here we are, we're recording this. We don't know who the new president is going to be or if we're gonna remain with the same president. But what we do know is our king hasn't changed. He's still on his throne and we have a responsibility to honor him first in the way that we interact with others and share his truth. And, and that's my biggest thing with, <clears throat> excuse me, with, with politics, you know, we talk about an outreach you need to acknowledge uh, somebody that believes a different religion. You need to acknowledge them as, as human still. You need to not like throw things at them because they believe differently than you. Because if you right. do that, you're not going to be able to witness to them. It, it's the same thing. Um, I, and with, again, with certain issues, I obviously get the, the frustration and, and um, downright anger sometimes. Um, but, we still need to treat them like an image bearer and not just attack them before doing anything else. Um, right. And that doesn't mean we condone sin, you know, obviously, you know, they are image bearers of Christ, regardless of what party they subscribe to. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, eventually we can get to those conversations about, well, you know, you're pro fill in the blank policy. 
and as a Christian, I just don't see how that is um, profitable for the gospel, for the furtherance of the gospel, for the proclamation of the gospel. You know, this actually hinders uh, the gospel. You can have that conversation, but you got to get to the gospel first because yeah. if it's not for a changed heart, it's not going to make any difference. And so uh, we can debate back and forth about pro-life versus pro-choice. We can debate back and forth between whether the Equality Act is, is a good thing or, as I believe, the Equality Act is a very bad thing. Uh, and we can debate these things, but if the focus isn't on it's positive or negative in light of the gospel and what the Bible teaches and what scripture commands, uh, then, you know, what are we doing? You know what I'm saying? Like, it, I, I feel like we're just spinning our wheels if we're not making progress through the gospel. And of course, we're not successful based on whether the person accepts or believes the gospel. We're successful in whether or not we share the gospel. And so, but many of us, we're willing to fight about politics, but we're too scared to talk about the gospel. Mm -hmm. uh, and the, the sad thing about that reality is that if it was flipped, if we would just be willing to talk about the gospel, the politics probably wouldn't be as big of an issue. No, it's true. It's true. But I, I think moving forward, uh, as we look to who won, as we look to how to approach one another, the biggest thing that I can encourage believers is no matter who wins, um, we need to remember Romans 13. We need to remember the various passages about submitting to authority and respecting authority. Uh, that, that was one of the hardest things for me coming from the other side um, is I wasn't a big fan of, of President Obama, and, and it, it's not because I'm one party or the other. It's just I wasn't a big fan of some of his stuff, but I still called him President Obama. All of this, he's not my president stuff because you don't like him. Okay, if you're a believer, you need to read Romans 13 again. Um, you, can, you can speak out against them constantly, as I did with um, Obama, and if, if Biden wins, I'm sure I will with him too. But I will still call him President uh, uh, Biden if he wins. Uh, so no matter who wins, let's let's take a beat and remember those passages. Yeah, and that applies to all of our elected officials, especially living yeah. here in, in Hawaii, where most most are going to be from the Democratic Party. It doesn't change our calling to pray for our leaders. Uh, it doesn't change our calling to live as good and honorable citizens. Um, you know, I, I, you don't have to like the direction that whatever president is taking us. Uh, you don't have to like that, but you do have to find a way to, as long as it's not something unbiblical, submit and uh, follow the leadership. Pray for them. Pray for heart change. You know, I can't tell you how many times there were prayer services praying for the salvation of President Obama. Um, you know, and I think there are probably a lot that are still going on praying for the salvation of President Trump because he claims salvation, but he's made some pretty um, interesting remarks about the need for forgiveness and all that. So I don't know his heart. So in my prayer for President Trump, it's if he's not saved, save him. Uh, if he is saved, clean him up. Um, but I don't want to point too many fingers because I, I don't want to be in the fishbowl that is the White House. Um, no. 
Well, and, and when we come up against anyone and we don't know their salvation, we can't just make assumptions. But I think to uh, Phil Robertson, the, the Duck Dynasty patriarch, you know, right. when he met, he met um, Trump, you know, he was told that he was a believer and all of that, but he still witnessed to him. He used the, the Christ Bridge method yeah. and drew it out on a piece of paper and Trump asked if he could keep it. And obviously Phil's like, please. Uh, so, I mean, we need to approach it that way. Don't just assume because somebody says they're saved that they're saved, but also don't assume because you don't like them that they aren't. Right. Right. And so, you know, if candidate Biden wins, then we will pray for our president and um, a lot because he's going to need our prayers if uh, the policies that he's pushing are, are going to be changed. And I do believe that prayer works. I do believe that prayer can change things. I believe that uh, God is active. He is not asleep on the throne. He is alive. He is awake. He knows what is happening. None of these ballots or COVID or any of the craziness that's happened in 2020, none of this has caught him off guard. Um, he's thrown us all for a loop, but not him. And we need to stay focused on him and keep moving and not forget our calling is to love God and love others, the highest commandment. Amen. Uh, I think that's a, a good word to end on. Do you want to close this in prayer? Yes, let's pray. Father, I thank you for today. I thank you for this discussion. And, and Lord, there may be some listening that are pleased. There may be some that are listening that are not pleased. There may be some that are listening thinking we didn't go far enough or that we maybe went too far. Um, Father, I, I just pray that you would keep us all unified in the common belief because I, I trust that this is mostly believers listening. Uh, Father, I, I pray that you would keep us unified in the common belief that you are our God. You are on your throne. You are sovereign. Uh, Father, there's many things that cause people um, great concern. There's a lot of consternation right now. There's a lot of frustration. There's a lot of uh, I, I would say there's probably a lot of panic uh, in, in at different levels. I, I think we've seen that in the way that people are responding and rioting and, and um, especially the, the sad news from the way that police officers have been treated in New York City and um, just last night. And, and Father, you're aware of all of this. Um, I pray that you would just work, uh, come and heal our land. Uh, Father, most of these issues that we're seeing, ultimately, it's because as a nation, we've taken our eyes off of you. Um, as churches, we've made it so easy to believe and talk about discipleship and maturing in your faith is somewhat non-existent in so many areas. Uh, Father, bring us to repentance of that. Uh, Father, uh, allow us to um, confess the areas that we've taken our focus off of you as a nation and as individuals. Father, lead us to, uh, to honor you, to please you. Uh, lead us to be faithful. And Father, now as we, obviously we're talking about the election. Uh, Lord, we come to you and we say, we don't know what's going to happen, but we have faith that you do. Um, according to your scripture, it's already been set. Uh, we're just kind of playing catch up and waiting to see what's going to happen. Uh, but you're already aware. And so, Father, I pray that whoever our president, whether remains or becomes, uh, 
Lord, I pray that you would keep us focused on praying for them, praying for their safety, praying for their health. Both candidates have had health issues. Both candidates have, um, there's no secret that they're both advanced in years as far as the president is concerned. Uh, so Lord, I, I pray that you would just keep them healthy, keep them safe. Um, I, Father, I, I once heard somebody say that rooting for the president to fail um, is kind of like getting on a plane and hoping that your pilot crashes. Um, Lord, help, help us to repent of that type of behavior. Uh, whoever our president is, Father, keep us focused on praying for him and his family, um, praying for the policies that will be made, that they would be policies that only honor you. Um, that our brothers and sisters who disagree politically, that we would still be able to have unity, that we would still be able to come together and uh, worship you together, hand in hand, arm in arm, uh, singing your praises, lifting your name high, even though we disagree on, on different issues. But Father, for those, those issues that are key to following you and honoring you, help us to see what your scripture teaches us about these issues that we would line up not with a party but with your word uh, so father i also pray for the, all the election officials and the people that are counting the votes there's a lot of angry people keep them safe and uh just lord whatever happens next help us to not take our eyes off of you help us to not lose our focus father help us to love you trust you and serve you in everything that we do for it's in jesus name that we pray amen Amen. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Narratives of Grace podcast. We hope that this message was a blessing to all of you that joined in with us today. For any questions or comments on this or any other messages, please email us at pastor at mbaptist.org. If you have any requests for future podcasts, uh, you can also email us at pastor at mbaptist.org. For any prayer requests, please email us at prayer at mbaptist.org. We want to be praying with and for each and every one of you, whether you're a member of our immediate church family or not. We want to be able to uh, pray for all of you out there that listen with us. For more information on Mililani Baptist Church, please visit our website at mbaptist.org or follow us on social media and YouTube. Thank you for joining us today, and we hope that you'll join us next time.